Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. The following program is rated U for universal audiences and is considered suitable for listeners of all ages. This is a presentation from Dream Realm Enterprises, where dreams are our reality. Previously on Showcase. No! No! No, I won't go! No! Leave me alone! No! Leave me alone! Let me go! I had been thrown into a deep, dark prison cell. I was sent into that dark hole simply to die. (laughs) Had I really heard it? Was it truly someone else crying in that awful place? So, uh... What about you? Why were you sent here? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to upset you again. You, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. I suppose I stuck my foot in my mouth and asked too much of you. And all I could do was wish that I could hold her, comfort her somehow. I only wanted, in some small way, to make it better for her. Welcome once again to Showcase, the anthology series from Dream Realm Enterprises. I am your host, Jeff Niles. This week, we are showcasing the second half of the remake of a story originally presented as part of the anthology series, The Realm Weaver, which was then titled Breaking the Gloaming. This week, we conclude the season finale of Showcase, as we present Part 2 of Jonathan Patrick Russell's A Voice in the Dark. The following day, I began to resume my search for some way out of my predicament. It wasn't just for me anymore. It was for her, too. I had to find some escape route. There had to be a way. I was getting pretty determined. You're wasting your time. There's no way out of here. I've searched and searched. It's pointless. Nothing is pointless. If I visualize it in my mind, I can make it happen. You certainly are stubborn. I just refuse to give up. I refuse to give in to this fate. I will not die here. I will not rot here. And neither will you. It's too late for me. You simply don't understand. I understand plenty. I understand that there is a life outside these walls for me. And for you, if you'll join me, I just have to find you and find the way out. You must understand. You can't find me. You just can't see that I'm already lost. While you hold on to hope for yourself, please realize that there is none left for me. You are asking me to give up on you, and that I just 
can't do. I refuse. If actions of futility will make you happy, then go ahead and try. The darkness will break you. As it broke me. You're not broken. It may feel that way right now, but believe me, you are not broken. You're whole. You're a whole living person. You're so wrong about that. I beg to differ. Won't you just listen to me? It's too late for me. This you must come to terms with. Never. There is nothing you can say or do to convince me of what you are telling me. You really are an infuriating man sometimes. Do you know that? Guess what? You aren't the first person to ever tell me that. You are infuriating and stubborn. Maybe I was being stubborn and infuriating, but I had a full head of steam now, and nothing she could say was ever going to stop me. So my search continued. I searched all day, and soon I began to think that maybe she was right after all, that it was pointless. Eventually, dinner time came again, and my little friends returned, and that is when the answer hit me. The rats! What? The rats, yes! That's the answer! That's the way out! Don't you see? The rats can get in! The rats can get out! Now all I have to do is think like a rat! Well, you said you thought you might be going crazy. And if you're starting to think like a rat, you're showing the signs. Ha ha, very funny. But trust me, I'm onto something here. They don't come in around the door, because I've searched all around it. There's simply not enough room for them to come in that way. No, 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 no. <laughs> there has to be another way that they come in. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. As I said, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, oh. hang on a minute. The rats, tell me you've seen the rats. You must have. Of course. They're the one constant in this awful place. Exactly! Exactly right! So now that you're so proud of yourself, mind telling me what you're going on about? It's elementary, my dear... Whatever your name is. I've just found where they're coming from. It's a hole. Not very big, but it's here. In the wall. And it must curve up and lead to the next cell, and that would explain why I can hear you. It's so simple! You really don't think you can escape through a rat hole, do you? Because if you do, that crazy thing... Well, it could be happening. No, of course not. I can't escape through a tiny hole like that, that's true. Some sense and reason at last. But if I can somehow make the hole bigger, that would work. Don't you see? Possibly. Maybe. That is, after you've been digging for about, oh, I don't know, a year or two? Maybe then, just maybe, you can escape yourself. Wow, you've solved it. Oh, ha, ha, ha. You really think you're so hilarious, don't you? Possibly. Well, this may be madness, but trust me, this method to my madness. If you say so. I do say so. Now look. You mean listen. Whatever. It will take some time, yes, but remember, I'm stubborn. I'll never give up. I will dig this hole, and then I will get out of my cell, and then I'll find a way for both of us to escape. You'll see. My stubbornness will pay off in the end. I was being stubborn, all right. But more than that, I had become determined. Determined to dig that hole wider. Determined to find my way through that wall. Just to get to see her. Just to touch her. To hold her. That was really what was driving me. 
an unending desire to hold her. Of course, proving her wrong would be a nice bonus, too. As it turned out, digging my way out of my cell was a much larger task than I had anticipated, and even after many days, or was it weeks? Well, doesn't matter. It appeared as though I'd gotten nowhere. With only my fingernails to use as digging tools, it had probably taken a month to get no further along than six inches or so. But determination kept me going. Hearing her voice was my motivation. Though much of our conversation turned to mockery as she continued to try to discourage my efforts, she always continued to stress their futility. It could take you years to dig your way through that hole. So? Then it'll take years. I don't care. Besides, you pointed that out before, and that argument has proven unsuccessful. You're wasting the precious time you have. It's my time to waste, right? You're going to die in here, no matter what you think you'll find at the end of that hole. Then I'll die trying. It just seems like such a waste of time and effort. It's my time and my effort. Why are you so set on turning me back? If it's my time to waste, then it's simply futile to even attempt it, as you say. Yet I'm as stubborn as you say. Why waste time debating the point with me? <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. That crying routine isn't going to stop me either. I am only trying to spare you the heartbreak. My heart is already breaking, which is why I have to get to you, don't you see? No, I don't see. But what are you talking about? I'm desperate to get to you. But why? It's pointless. Love isn't pointless. Love? Yes, love. I need to get to you. I need to find you, don't you see? No, I don't see. You are the one thing that has kept me going in here all this time. You are the reason I fought to survive. You are the reason I'm doing all this digging day in and day out. All this pain I'm going through, my aching fingers and hands, I dig and dig until my hands bleed. I'm not doing it all for my health, you know. It's all for you. Can't you see that? It's all because I desperately love you. I never thought I'd live to say that, but it's true. You... You can't love me. Can't? Well, why not? Because I won't let you. Look, sweetheart, it's not a question of letting me. I'm already doing it. I love you. I love you. It's, it's a matter of fact. So get used to it. But you can't love me. Ugh, do we have to have this conversation over and over again? I already do. Then your heart will break in the end. Then I guess it'll just have to break. Don't you get it? La 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 la, not listening. Don't be childish. What if I want to be childish? Listen to me. I'm... I'm unreachable. I don't believe that. I'm unattainable. How many words are you going to use to describe it? What, have you got a dictionary hidden away in your cell or something? You just don't get it, do you? Are you really so dense? Are you saying you don't love me? That you can't love me? The can't part, yes. That's it. Well, I... I, I can't accept that. Why not? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, what are you saying? That, that I'm not lovable? Do, do you hate the sound of my voice? Do... Do I stink? Of course I stink. Well, I mean... If that's what the reason is, I promise I'll take a shower the minute we're out of here. No, you fool! Then what is it? 
What are you saying to me? I'm saying I no longer have a heart. It's as cold as ice now. My heart is out of reach of any living soul. You must understand this. Love is impossible for me. Love is impossible for us. Hearing her words was not only heartbreaking but soul-shattering. But in my desperation, I could not accept that. I had to get to her. I was even more determined than ever now, just so I could prove to her that she could love and be loved. So I kept on digging. In fact, that night, I didn't stop. Are you there? I'm here. I'm so tired. You've been digging all night. What did you expect? Yeah, okay, fine. But I'm more than physically tired. I'm emotionally drained. I... I just need to talk. Can we do that? We never do anything else. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I just want to talk about something more than we usually talk about, that's all. What do you mean? I want to know something personal about you. You, you know, that stuff you never want to tell me. Ah, uh, what's the use? We both know you don't want to talk about it. What? What do you want to know? Uh, huh? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, uh, I want to hear about your childhood. What was your life like? You know, before the bad things happened. Well... If you really want to know... I do. I really, really do. Okay, it... It was a fairly normal childhood, I suppose. I used to run in the fields near where we lived. I played with my friend who lived near us. We would chase each other through the tall grass. We used to play hide-and-seek. Sometimes we'd hike into the forest and... pretend he was a prince and I was a princess. And he'd come and fight the dragon and rescue me. When we became a bit older, we would sometimes sneak out and just look at the stars and dream of worlds far away. <laughs> they were silly dreams, but we were young. I had a similar experience growing up. I had one female friend that I used to hang out with, and we used to do the same kinds of things. She was the love you lost. Yeah, Sarah. Her name was Sarah. Kind of figured when you said Sarah just then. Come on, stop kidding around. Sorry, I am taking this serious. I promise. You still miss her, huh? Yeah, a lot. Is that why you're so desperate to get to me? I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with that. I'd like to think it's deeper than that, though, but I suppose you may have a point. Maybe I am trying in some small way to make up for her loss. Yeah, tell me about your mother. Was she a kind woman? Oh, yes. She was the kindest woman you could ever hope to meet. And she made you cookies on a cold winter afternoon, I'll bet. <laughs> yes. She made the best sugar cookies you ever tasted. I would come in from playing in the snow, and she would be there, holding this huge stack of yummies. I would leap into her arms and 
She'd sit me down and pour me some milk. Those were the best days of my life. A memory that I held on to when I was thrown in here. It's a good memory, and obviously you're still holding on to it. I suppose it's what keeps you going, you know, memories and thoughts like that. They keep you here, keep you grounded here on Earth. Yes, I suppose there is some truth to that. I never thought of it before, but that must be what keeps me here. You must have memories of your mother that kept you going as well. Yeah, but it's not my mother, it's my grandmother. She pretty much raised me. When I think of her now, I always see her baking something delicious. She was really good at it. I bet she was. She was the best. She would make this delicious chocolate cake. No, not the ready-made junk you'd buy in a store. Nothing came out of a box at Grandma's house. No siree. It was always fresh and homemade right from scratch. Her chocolate cake was simply to die for. (laughs) And if you were in her kitchen, you were working. There were no free rides, so I learned how to cook. She taught me. When other boys were out playing soldiers or cowboys and Indians, I was cooking with Grandma. But I never regretted it. Those were good times. I miss her. It sounds like you loved her very much. Yeah, she was my rock. She was my biggest fan. While she was in the world, everything seemed right, you know? Since she died, I've felt like I've been walking on a tightrope without a safety net beneath me. Maybe that's one reason things have not been so good for me in the past few years. Since she left my life, I've been through so many trials. Maybe this is just one more. You know what? It's one I intend to pass. I'm getting out of here. And if it's at all possible, I'm taking you with me. (sighs) This again. As I've already told you, it's simply impossible. I... I wish you could understand that. Well, I don't. And what's more, I'm not likely to either. I didn't listen. I just went back to digging more determined than ever. Maybe it was how we connected through talking about our childhoods, but I felt this renewed desperation to reach her. I had to look into her eyes, to hold her. Nothing was going to stop me now. That was my determination. I dug around the clock for the next two days. I was like a man possessed. I couldn't stop myself. I was determined to break through that wall and find her. Then, finally it happened. The thing I had feared would never happen again. I saw light. It was only a crack. I could barely see it. One tiny shaft of light. But when you've been in pitch blackness for so long, a crack of light is as bright as the sun. Inside, I was excited. In fact, as giddy as a schoolboy. But I held that excitement in as I continued to claw and scratch my way through the last few inches of that wall dividing my cell and the next. As the crack became larger and larger, I could feel how close I was getting to finally seeing another human being again. It had been so long. I I had heard that beautiful voice for so long now. It was like a dream, knowing I would finally get to see the lovely face attached to that voice. And I was only moments away from realizing that dream. Or so I thought. Come on. 
I'm almost there. I'm coming. I'm... Oh. The sunlight coming through that cell window was so bright, it was like being caught out in a snowstorm. Like a... like a whiteout. I couldn't see anything but a white light that seemingly engulfed my entire being. It was so bright, it gave me a headache. I had been in the dark so long, my eyes hadn't been prepared for the light of day. It took a long while for them to adjust. But what I saw next would chill my soul to its very core. Where... where are you? I, I don't understand. There's, there's no one here. It's just a pile of bones. At first, I was sure my eyes were simply playing tricks on me. But they weren't. The cell I had found was empty. Well, nearly empty. As I had observed, the only person in that cell had died long ago. So long ago that only a set of bones remained. My heart shattered as I realized that I must have been going the wrong way the whole time. To my mind, the cell was empty, but I was wrong on more than one level, though I didn't realize it at the time. It wasn't empty at all, not completely. In one corner of the cell lay some parchment, paper from a bygone age, yellowed and old. It lay beside the skeleton I had found, and lying beside that was a sharpened piece of coal-like rock, Someone had made a makeshift pencil. On the parchment was drawn a bird, a bird sitting in a barred window. I took the paper and the makeshift pencil and went back to my hole. I had to find her. I had to figure out which way to turn next. I was desperate and I was losing my grip on my emotions. I had worked so hard for so long to get to her, but she just wasn't there. Somehow... I was still alone. Are you there? Please. Please, talk to me. I tried to get to you. I really tried. But I failed you. I failed you. I fell to my knees and sobbed my eyes out. She remained silent, and she would remain so for the rest of that day. As the next day dawned, I evaluated my newfound assets. I took the pencil and paper in hand and began to write my tale, the tale of a man who had fallen from grace and who had been thrown into the deepest, darkest hole in the world. I began to write. I wrote for several days. I didn't hear a peep out of her in all that time. But, on the dawn of a new day, I would finally hear from her again. But what she had to tell me would chill me to the bone. <laughs> you're, you're there! Oh, I was so worried you were angry with me. Oh. You said it. I'm sorry. I was sure I would find you. I really was, but you must simply be in another cell, not the one I thought you were in. Yes. You're right about that. I am in another cell. Then I'll find you, I promise. But you already have. Don't you see? 
What? What do you mean? That first night we spoke, remember? I told you, you weren't alone. I wasn't lying. You've been my constant companion since I arrived here, and I'm grateful for that. You got me through so much, and now it's my turn to help you. Don't you see? I've been trying to tell you. I am beyond help. I am condemned. I will remain in this dark hole. Forever. What do you mean? Where are you? You made it to my cell. Could you not see me? At first, her words confused me, but suddenly, it dawned on me. I understood what she was telling me, what she had been trying to tell me all along, and it all suddenly made sense. I had dug my way through and into her cell. I had found the only other person in that prison besides myself. The skeleton. I quickly crawled back into the other cell, and as the sun came up that morning, I could see the skeleton so clearly. It was that of a woman. She lay there so peacefully, so I went to her, placed my hands around her head, looked into the sockets where her eyes had once been, and suddenly I could see them. The most beautiful blue eyes I had ever seen, and they were staring back at me. Can you see me now? You've wanted to look into my eyes for so long. The final gift I can give to you is your one true wish. But, as I have told you again and again, I am beyond help. I died here long ago. And I am cursed to remain here forever. <laughs> This time I could see her as she wept. I could see the tears as they fell from her eyes one last time. I cried too. And then... And something happened to my mind. I think it snapped that day. I realized that I truly was alone. There was no way out of this nightmare. I screamed and screamed. But no one was there anymore to hear me in that deep, dark hole. No one ever came to find me. Now all that is left is to tell the tale, to leave my legacy of terror behind. Whoever finds this journal, beware of cries in the night. They are not your salvation waiting to be found. They are simply the cries of one woman and one man who can never touch. So heed this warning. If ever you find yourself thrown into a deep, dark hole with no hope of rescue, and you hear someone near, remember, beware, because you may just hear a voice in the dark. It is said that this particular bit of parchment was found in the hand of a female skeleton. 
No other remains were ever found in those prison cells. So it begs the question, were these the writings of a man who experienced something extraordinary? Or simply the mad etchings of a mind driven insane by darkness? We may never truly know. You have been listening to the season finale of Showcase, part two of A Voice in the Dark, which was written by Jonathan Patrick Russell, which was based on an idea by Aurora McPherson, and which starred in order of appearance Brian Reed as the young man, and Deborah Adams as the young woman. The incidental music was provided by Kevin McLeod. The post-production editor, sound designer, executive producer, and director was Jonathan Patrick Russell. The series, Dream Realm Showcase, was created by Jonathan Patrick Russell, and the copyright is held by Dream Realm Enterprises. Any rebroadcast or reproduction of this program without the express written permission of Dream Realm Enterprises is strictly prohibited. Thank you for listening. We invite you to visit us on the web at dreamrealmsite.com. And if you'd like to email us with any of your comments or questions, you may do so at darkbuilding1 at yahoo.com. The copyright to this program is held by Dream Realm Enterprises 2012, all rights reserved. And finally, this has been your host, Jeff Niles, for Dream Realm Showcase. Join us in 2013 for an all-new, incredible second season of Amazing Stories, which we will showcase for you and which are presented exclusively from Dream Realm Enterprises. Join us then, won't you? Until that day arrives, I invite you to please stay tuned. You have been listening to a production of Dream Realm Enterprises. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. You're tuned into Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is all things horror on Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day. Or find Tuesday Terrors in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.